I'm Bruce Worson, pastor of His Place Community Church. The following message came from a Sunday morning right here at His Place. Today we're focusing on thy kingdom over my kingdom. So your question is real simple. Which kingdom tends to come first in your prayers? Think about that a moment. Which kingdom tends to come first in your prayers? A little recap. The Lord himself has given us a simple way to pray. Not a formula. Not in the formulas, but a format. Format to follow. I've said it's a blueprint, and it is. It is a, a blueprint that will radically personalize uh, and, and turn uh, regular praying into a profoundly relational daily conversation with an omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent dad who reigns in heaven and on earth and hopefully over each of our hearts. And so we are encouraged to begin each day the LPG way, the Lord's Prayer Guide way, by first loving on our affectionate Abba, Father. Then balancing this familiarity, because familiarity can breed contempt, so balancing this familiarity by practicing and foreshadowing the fearful reverence that we'll experience in heaven. Our Father in heaven. And then quickly cherishing and honoring and hallowing him by discussing our trust and obedience. Usually a lot to talk about there. That's why you got to pray this on a daily basis so you can keep up. And here's the thing, starting off today now, even though Jesus clearly says, this then is how you should pray, we're too often too quick to jump right to what we want, what we really, really want, what we really, really anxiously want. Because we're just usually in a hurry to get to what we're in a hurry to get. And so we're encouraged to slow our roll, relax, recalibrate, and give our hallowed heavenly dad a proper morning greeting. Because the way we speak tells what we seek. As in my kingdom versus thy kingdom. Therefore, says Jesus, therefore, do not be anxious saying, oh, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For guess what? Your heavenly father knows, of course, that we need you know all these things, need them all, but what? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Prayer was never intended, and it is not a means of letting the Lord in on my plans, like we're doing him a big favor, because otherwise he wouldn't know, you know, he's not sure what's going on. But no, no, it, we, we need to renew our minds. This is our daily privilege and honor to further identify our role and our created purpose in his kingdom. And so before we rattle off a laundry list of, you know, the, the needs for our temporary little fleeting kingdom down here, we bow to realign our allegiance to his 
eternal, immeasurable, undying kingdom. And you know what? You should try, you ever try actually bowing? I, I don't do it regularly, but I do it once in a while. I also try the whole prostrate lane thing. So weird, because it's not in our culture. But I'll tell you, that'll get you in the right headspace to actually bow when you pray for his kingdom to come. And speaking of that, we tend to emphasize the wrong word, uh, myself included, when we pray. It's, your kingdom come, your will be done. We're emphasizing the wrong word. It doesn't make sense that way, or as much sense as it, it's supposed to. We should emphasize your your kingdom come, your will be done, as opposed to mine, right? Say that with me, emphasize your. Your kingdom come. See, the Lord's Prayer Guide uh, has that threefold greeting to help us put our Father in his rightful place. And now, your kingdom come puts us in ours. And so, we pray your kingdom come. And then we pause to ask ourselves how we can best help that to happen today as loyal subjects to our royal king. And once we've worked that out, then we personalize it by asking for guidance and timing and well-seasoned words. And I, I might be getting ahead of myself now, so don't fret yet if you're wondering what is kingdom is and how on earth it comes or if it already came when Jesus died and rose and what's the kingdom we're all a little king dumb I'm going to stare at you till you laugh (laughs) thank you that's what I was looking for and we're not alone and we're very fortunate because once having been asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, Jesus answered the question in Jesus' fashion. Jesus replied, the kingdom of God does not come with your careful observation, you know, nor will people say, oh, here it is or there it is because, why is that? Because, and read it with me, the kingdom of God is within you. And we're even more fortunate, actually, that Scripture doesn't stop there. Not even close. I'm going to read you ten Scriptures uh, that, I, that I selected out of over 300 I found this week in the New Testament concerning His kingdom and its coming. I just want to give you these ten. If you're wondering what His kingdom is, Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. For indeed... The kingdom of God is within you. For the kingdom of God is righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves. Jesus Christ, the faithful witness who loves us and released us from our sins by his blood. Yeah, he's made us to be a kingdom. Salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come. And this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father and righteousness 
will be the scepter of his son's kingdom. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power living it out. You see, our father's kingdom extends over those who enthrone him in their heart. That's why Jesus said the kingdom of God is near. Repent. Believe the good news. It's so close. We enter his kingdom the moment he enters our heart. Which means Jesus died to prepare a place for us that's deep within us. And not just for us, but for himself and our Father as well. He said, I go... I go to prepare a place for you that where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know. And of course, Thomas said, how, how, how can we know the way? And Jesus said to him, I am the way. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Because, as it says in Galatians, you are children. God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Here I am, says Jesus. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. Ba-boom, ba-boom, ba-boom. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. Yeah, to the one who is victorious, I will give the right to sit with me on my throne just as I was victorious and sat down with my father on his throne. On that day, in fact, on that day, you will realize that I am in my father and you are in me. And guess what? I am in you. For indeed, the kingdom of God is within you. As long as we open that, open up before he stops knocking, you know, oh, that's a sad day. Boom, 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 Open up before the knocking stops. And the moment we enter God's kingdom that's within us, we're handed our God-given assignment. Apostle Paul was not exaggerating when he said, my life is worth nothing unless... I use it for doing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus, not unto salvation, after salvation. And what's that work? The work of telling others the good news about God's wonderful kindness and love. Because it's not so much found in the book by those around you as it is found in you and me by those around us and close to us. Paul also said, you are our epistle written in our hearts, known and read by all. Why? Well, we've read this, uh, I think a couple months ago, did a message on this. God has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is that God was rec uh, in Christ reconciling the world to himself and has committed to us the word, there it is, the word of reconciliation uh, that he wants, to, that, as previously stated, that he wants to reconcile every lost and broken soul. Now then, ready or not, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God, our Father in heaven, were, were pleading through us on earth. Know why? Because he's expanding his kingdom 
heart by heart. So to pray, your kingdom come. And sincerely, genuinely, authentically mean it, which is the only way he wants to hear it, is to pray for all those who are outside the kingdom that comes inside our heart, whether family, friends, classmates, co-workers, anyone dying for the life that you have in your heart. The Lord's Prayer Guide really knocks the selfish out of our daily discussion with Dad by focusing our first requests on the the ultimate welfare of everyone he's placed around us. So warning, you get a warning with this one. This is what you call a prayer of intercession for others on behalf of others, which means which means we've got to translate it into action or we're just phoning it in, phonying. We're just phonying it in. So this is where we get to actually take a plan to God. We got a plan and pray over our way to help those around us open up to the way. Because that's pleasing to God. And it says in Proverbs, when a person's ways are pleasing, well, then the mind of a person plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. And so to pray, your kingdom come, without pausing to consider how you can help that to happen, and then personalizing it by asking for direction and diplomacy and opportunity is like looking at someone's overgrown lawn as you drive by and saying, thy lawn be mowed. Doesn't do much good. We don't command his kingdom. We commit to it. Will you read that with me, please? We don't command his kingdom. We commit to it. Otherwise, it's like, you know, it's silly. It's like, hey, let me, let me help you out here a little, Lord. You ready for this prayer? <clears throat> Your kingdom come. Hope that helps. Don't, not sure how it would, but I guess you wanted me to say those words. Sometimes we, we kind of forget a whole lot more to it than that. We kind of forget that our citizenship is in heaven. So couple things about, in fact, four things about ambassadors real quickly. Ambassadors. Number one, they're expected to use a diplomacy. That's a biggie with ambassadors. Use diplomacy at all times. Number two, never off the clock. Never, they, they know that they're always representing no matter what they're doing. Number three, like life itself, the assignment is temporary. Scripture describes our brief stay down here as a mist, a, a breath, a wisp of smoke. And number four, when they die, when an ambassador dies, they don't leave home. They're brought home. They're flown home. So the question is, what kind of kingdom come ambassador are you, am I, right now, this day? There's basically three. Two are bad, one's good. Here's the two baddies. Are you the anonymous kind? Hiding in the embassy, uncomfortable around those who don't share or maybe even care about your beliefs and values? Well, I'm sorry, but your silence will hinder your message of reconciliation. 
Because the kingdom does not come by cowardice. Plus, there's not even any such thing as an undercover ambassador. That doesn't even, that's an oxymoron. There's no such thing as an undercover ambassador. It's, that'd be like um, apathetic devotion. And that is what it's like. Apathetic devotion. So that's one. Are, are you the obnoxious kind? That's kind of the polar opposite. The obnoxious kind, insensitive to those around you, barging into conversations, uninvited and inconsiderate of the ways of this culture. Well, I'm sorry, but your rudeness is going to hinder your message of reconciliation because the kingdom does not come by pushiness. No, I hope you're the third kind. This is the kind I really want you to be. I hope and pray that you are the kind kind. Are you the kind kind? I want you to be the kind kind. Respectfully, joyfully coexisting without compromising our Father's kingdom. You see, your compassion will greatly help facilitate your message of reconciliation because a duh. So just hold on to that kingdom perspective wherever you go so that you can walk in wisdom toward those who are outside, outside the kingdom that comes within, redeeming the time, what little we have, letting your, your speech always be grace seasoned with salt. I love that. Grace seasoned with salt. It's like the diplomatic thought provoker right there. Grace seasoned with salt that you may know how you ought to answer each one, which will likely require some serious kingdom come discussion in your daily prayers with dad. How are we making this happen today, Dan? For God made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. Of all the things that Jesus Christ accomplished among uh, the most crucial was putting a face to our Father. He is the image of the invisible God. And we're told that now we bear the image of God's visible Son. Remember how Jesus said, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. But can you say, and to what degree can you say, anyone who has seen me has seen Jesus? Because that's the goal. That's what we're called to. So in the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds, that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. But be careful, be careful not to do your acts of righteousness before men to be seen by them. Do it so that they may see them, but not to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. Your Father in heaven. These are two Father in heaven verses do you see the subtle difference? We're encouraged to live out our faith visibly in a way that encourages others to praise our Father. Not to do them in a way so as to be seen, so as to receive their praise for ourselves. We've got to make it visible but not self-centered. So, as Peter writes, keep your behavior Excellent, 
among the Gentiles. In this, in this case, Gentile means non-believer, unbeliever. So that in the thing which they may slander you as evildoers, they might look at what, what you believe and go, oh, that's bad. So that the thing they might slander you as evildoers, they may, because of your good deeds, which they see, and it's not self-centered, as they observe them, it's a process, that they may glorify God eventually in the day of his visitation in their heart. World has a fatal heart condition, Jesus tell us, tells us, is filled with darkness. She's full of darkness. <laughs> and God sends his lumens through us flawed humans. Say that with me. God sends his lumens through us flawed humans. Go figure. But he does, and we're ambassadors we're ambassadors of light in an outpost of darkness bestowed with the honor of the ministry, of the message, of the truce, of the truth. And they're done for. This world is done for unless they get that peacemaker implanted before the clock runs out and the knocking stops. So we come right back. We'll end where we started with the question, which kingdom do you focus on first in your prayers? My prayers have changed since I, since I wrote this message. Is your attention being given to what you want to get or to what dad wants to give? There's a subtle but very stark difference between the two. In prayer, as in life, his kingdom must come first. And then... His kingdom must come one heart at a time. And since his kingdom is within you, it's all got to start with our heart. So let's pray together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Well, thanks for listening in. Why don't you join us on a Sunday morning? If you'd like more information about the church, just point your browser to hisplacechurch.com. Until next time, may the Lord bless you, keep you, and make his face shine upon you.